0: From the Schmoes No Network Studios in Los Angeles, California, it's time for Profiles with your hosts, Alicia Malone and Scott Mance.
1: Hello, Schmoville. Schmoville. Welcome Welcome to to Profiles.
2: Profiles. Episode five, and you know what? Episode five has a lot in common with the title of a movie starring our featured spotlight, (laughs) one of the greatest, one of the most famous and most popular actors, not only on this planet, but also a galaxy far, far
1: away, Harrison Ford. I'm a little scared because Scott just had his first Red Bull. Yes! (laughs) This could be an interesting show. Harrison Ford though, what a fantastic actor. One of the most famous carpenters since Jesus. <laughs> yes, that's
2: for sure. <laughs> uh,
1: he's played Han Solo, Indiana Jones, President of the United States, a Blade Runner. Yep. A career that spanned six decades. His movies have grossed over six billion dollars.
2: That's a lot of money. But look at the movies he's made. You know, what is it about Harrison Ford that did it for you?
1: Well, I say it comes down to five S's.
2: <laughs> five S's. He's
1: got swag. Okay. He's got sarcasm. Right. He's got a great. Smile. Yep. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. And he's got the scowl.
2: That scowl. The five S's.
1: The reluctant action hero.
2: The reluctant action hero. And, you know, for me, it was the fact that I came of age at a time when the movies that shaped my childhood, a lot of them... He was in them. I mean, you just mentioned Star Wars, Blade Runner, Indiana Jones, Raiders. I mean, these were the movies that that shaped my childhood. They're the reason that I'm sitting here with you, Mm -hmm. geeking out about movies in general, and especially today about Harrison Ford. I mean, just just classic, great, iconic characters, iconic movies, everything that you just said. And I feel like in addition to those five S's, for someone like me, Harrison Ford is the kind of actor that women wanted.
1: I forgot, number
2: six, sexy. Sexy, okay, six S's. Women wanted and men wanted to be.
1: That is exactly true. Let's find out more about Harrison Ford in our segment, It's a Wonderful Life, narrated by the Pit Bus. Take it away.
0: Harrison Ford was born on July 13, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois. After dropping out of Ripon College in Wisconsin to pursue an acting career in Hollywood, he signed a contract with Columbia Pictures. His feature film debut was less than stellar as a bellhop pager in 1966 Dead Heat on a Merry-Go-Round, a role he wasn't even credited for. Discouraged, he turned to a career in carpentry, but then turned back to acting when George Lucas cast him as Bob Falfa in 1973's American Graffiti. After that, the hits kept on coming. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Jack Ryan, and he was nominated for a Best Actor Academy Award for playing Philadelphia police detective John Book in 1985's Witness. Ford has five children and has been married to former Ally McBeal star Callista Flockhart since 2010. He's currently filming Star Wars Episode 7, and he's reprising his star-making role as Han Solo at the age of 72. But as Indiana Jones would say, it's not the years, it's the mileage.
1: And I can tell, Scott, you're very excited about episode seven. Episode seven, Coming yes! insane Wow! Well, let's get into our first blood. What was the first Harrison Ford movie you ever saw?
2: Okay, Alicia, I know this is a cliche, but yes, my first Harrison Ford movie was Star Wars. Yeah. As I mentioned, I mean, I was born in 68, so when Star Wars came out in 77, May 25th, <laughs> I was, uh, I was uh, eight years old. I wasn't even nine yet. And I went in to see one movie, Roller Coaster, and I was so scared by it, my mom took me in to see Star Wars. I sat on my dad's lap. I mean, this was the weekend it opened. Yeah. And what I remembered about the film, obviously, beyond the special effects, was Han Solo. He was a rogue. He was a pirate. He was funny. You didn't want to mess with him because no. he did fire first. And I also remember that the Millennium Falcon was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen. But, damn, <laughs> that thing was fast.
1: Hunk of junk.
2: Hunk of junk in the galaxy. What about you? What's your first... Uh, Blood
1: My first Blood with Harrison Ford I'm rare that I didn't actually watch Star Wars or Indiana Jones when I was growing up I didn't get to those till much later So my first Harrison Ford movie was actually Witness And if my memory serves me correctly I think I saw it in school during one of those lessons You know when a teacher just can't really be bothered to (laughs) teach a class Or just puts on a video I was so fascinated by the Amish culture Because in Australia I think we have small similar communities in Tasmania But not to the degree that we have it here in america and it's so fascinating it's a fascinating concept plus introduce me to harrison ford who is sexy and he was kind of the guy that you just trusted you knew he could get the job done in no matter what role he was in
2: so you saw witness before you saw these other iconic roles yeah exactly so when you went back and you saw like empire strikes back star wars especially raiders of the lost Mm -hmm. ark what did you think when you saw him in those kind of roles.
1: I was like, ah, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is the one, I, yes. hero I uh, get.
2: Well, let's move right into our fast five. Pulling in at number five is Jate. I
3: didn't kill my wife. What a great Such line! a great
1: line. Improvised by Tommy Lee Jones. Of course, it's from The Fugitive, Fugitive. which was 1993.
2: Came out August 6, 1993. Right. Way to go. You're picking up on the dates. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you. This movie was nominated for seven Oscars. Wow.
1: It was nominated for
2: Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, Witness was not... I mean, Witness. The Fugitive was nominated for Best Picture, and it won Best Supporting Actor for Tommy Lee Jones, who was fantastic mm-hmm. as Deputy mm-hmm. Gerard. I love, I love Gerard's first words when he comes on the scene he goes my 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 what What a a mess mess.
1: that's what i like about this film is the cat and mouse game between these two characters played by harrison ford and tommy lee jones they are similar in some ways these characters they're also opposite and i like that at different times you're cheering for different one definitely but can you imagine scott we've both (laughs) I interviewed both these uh, actors who are notoriously difficult. Can you imagine doing the press junket for The Fugitive?
2: Both of these actors who are great actors, especially, I mean, Harrison Ford. I mean, he's such an icon. But... Really, really tough people to interview, and we'll yeah. talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. a little bit later in the show. But what I love about this film, you're right, you know, now I think about it, you you rooted for both of them. It wasn't like Deputy Gerard was an evil deputy. Not at all, and
1: Kimball wasn't evil either.
2: Yeah, and there's just there's so many great scenes in this film, obviously, the train wreck scene. It cost it's, a
1: million to make.
2: It cost a million to make. And I think, from what I understand, uh, it's still a, an attraction. It's still a tourist attraction where they filmed it. But, right. you know, up, right up until that last millisecond, when Richard Kimball jumps off the off the train with the security guard, it is, and then the, the train wreck keeps going. Mm. It's just such a great scene. But then there, there are great moments between uh, Ford and, and Tom Ailey Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were only on screen for just a couple of quick scenes. Together. Yeah. But there's a great scene towards the end when uh, when when Ford calls Tommy Lee Jones yep. and he goes, do you remember what you said to me in the tunnel? And then Tommy Lee Jones says, yeah, I remember you were pointing my gun at me. <laughs> and then Ford goes, you said I don't care. And then Tommy Lee Jones says, yeah, I don't care. I'm not trying to solve a puzzle here. Ford goes, I am trying to solve a puzzle and I found a big piece that he just puts the phone down. It's such right. a great
1: movie! This is a really rare TV show adaptation that works. A 1963 TV show. Harrison had never seen an episode of the TV show for The Fugitive. It's a really simple plot, but it's the actors who elevate it. And there's a great story where Tommy Lee Jones was coming home from filming with a co-star, and he said to him, I mean, it's a fun movie, but it's not like any of us are going to win any Oscars for <laughs> oh, it. Oh boy. Because Tommy Lee Jones did!
2: He definitely did, and he remember, I remember at the Oscars that year in uh, 1994 when he collected his Oscar he had a he was bald because he was filming Cobb about yeah. Ty Cobb but uh, another thing about the the fugitive is that then this is not uncommon for this to happen in movies a lot of times films start shooting before the script is finished and mm-hmm. that was the case with the fugitive it still turned out pretty darn good anyway but let's find out what our friends in Schmoville had to say about the fugitive
1: well Joshua Willingham says I love the fugitive because it was the first Harrison Ford movie I ever saw Fords and Jones's back and forth are so memorable to me especially the drain scene with the I didn't kill my wife I don't care. Such a great movie of a cat and mouse chase, which you can see hints of inspiration oh, in both the Bourne films, in all the Bourne films. I agree with that. That is
2: a great observation from Josh and Winningham. Now, I Alicia- What is your right stuff? What is like your favorite scene in all of Harrison Ford's movies?
1: I'm going with one that's pretty famous, but to me this sums up Harrison Ford and definitely sums up the character of Indiana Jones. From Raiders of the Lost Ark, (laughs) when the swordsman comes out and is doing all his fancy moves, Indiana Jones just picks up the gun and shoots him dead. I think that really represents Harrison Ford. Just has that, that wry, sarcastic sense of humor about him, and he's just like, let's just get the job done and keep moving. Of course, the the story behind that scene is really interesting. I'm sure many people out there know about it, but Harrison Ford said in his um, AMA on Reddit recently that he was suffering from dysentery at the time, so he didn't want to be out of his trailer for more than 10 minutes. That scene was due to take two to three days of shooting because it was supposed to be a really intricate sword fight and the poor stuntsman had really worked on all his choreography and he had his moves down and Harrison said why don't to Spielberg why don't we just shoot the son of a beep and (laughs) Spielberg said yeah good idea they did it and it is one of the most iconic scenes it's such a great scene
2: right and Mm -hmm. no matter how many times you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark no matter how many times when you get to that scene you still still go yeah and it's funny and just the look on his face when the guy stand with the sword He's like moving all around, whoop, whoop, ha, 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 ha. and he ah. just he like cocks his head. He just takes out his gun and psh, like hell no, this and ain't happening. And then just
1: turns around and keeps moving. He
2: just keeps moving. Well, you know, there are a lot of details for Harrison Ford movies, especially when it comes to the Star Wars. And a uh, segment we like to call the, the last, last detail, at least until we can figure out a better title for <laughs> yeah, it. Last no no, no. yeah. Any <laughs> suggestions? Fire away. But this is, uh, you know, Alicia. Did you know? You know, talking about the Fugitive. Yep that originally the role was offered to Sylvester Stallone, the role of John Book, Philadelphia police detective. John Book went to Sylvester Stallone. He turned it down.
1: From the fugitive of fugitive a witness. For witness. For witness, right. Yes,
2: and he turned cannot it down. I
1: can imagine Sylvester Stallone in Amish gear.
2: <laughs> that would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, but like There would have been a lot more action, I think, in that. Well, but he turned, turned it, it down, down, and he said that it was one of the, the – biggest mistakes of his career
1: wow well speaking about turning down roles harrison ford has turned down roles in syriana in traffic and also kiss kiss bang bang where he was asked to be the val kilmer character would have been very interesting and something very different for harrison ford
2: you know i remembered that when when traffic came out in 2000 there was a whole story that yeah you know, Harrison Ford was offered the role and he he said no and then they went to Michael Douglas and then Michael Douglas said no. They went back to Harrison Ford. Harrison mm-hmm. Ford offered some notes to Stephen Gagin who wrote the screenplay and won an Oscar for it and then he, he, he fixed it up, sent it back to Harrison Ford, said no again yeah. and then Michael Douglas looked at the screenplay and said, wow, I like what Harrison Ford suggested <laughs> good. and he took the role.
1: <laughs> there you go, lucky he did.
2: Well, did you know speaking of casting yep. that in the movie Air Force One the role of the president was originally offered to Kevin Costner oh Kevin, I
1: could kind of see that I, you you could see Kevin but Costner but not as saying get off my plane get off my plane not as gruff that's
2: <laughs> I mean, such a I remember when I saw that movie and when he said get off my plane everybody in the audience just went woohoo yeah. Yeah, go you for know, it. Go for it.
1: Well, here's something really interesting. So Harrison Ford is a nature lover and he is really into conservation. And he actually has a species of spider named after him.
2: A spider named after and Harrison i read it.
1: Calponia Harrison 40, which is apparently a thank you for the narration he did for a documentary for London's Natural History Museum
2: now there it's you go snake. it should have
1: been snakes why, is it why one does, one does it have, have to be snakes <laughs> <laughs> well let's keep going with our fourth favorite movie in our fast five <laughs> oh, this is from witness from 1985
2: came out february 8th 1985 was harris it was nominated for eight oscars won two for best screenplay and best editing and to this day, Witness remains the only movie for which Harrison Ford was nominated for an Oscar for mm. Best Actor. I feel like he's got a performance in him. I feel like he has it in him to get nominated Left. again. Yeah. I also think like at some point he'll get like a lifetime achievement but but from the motion picture academy. Mm-hmm. But I love this movie and you know, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. So when I first moved out to LA in nineteen ninety one, that was a long time ago. How old were you? Like I was born in like '81. So yeah, you were ten. <laughs> so okay. I was 10, yeah. But when I first moved out to LA, I said I was from Philly. People were like, "Oh, are you Amish?" Yeah. And I'm like, "No, <laughs> Amish country was two hours Lancaster County, where the Amish live in very Pennsylvania. Different. It was two hours from Philadelphia. Very, very different from from where I grew up. But this movie was a big big deal for Harrison Ford because it was the first movie that he really broke away from the genre. Mm -hmm. It wasn't sci-fi. It wasn't an action adventure. It was a romantic leading man. And it really, if there was ever any doubt about his acting abilities, and there really weren't, uh, it it was satisfied with Witness.
1: Exactly. Because in the 80s, he was one of the biggest stars around. But this was a quiet, suspenseful thriller. He showed his romantic side. And you don't often see that of Harrison Ford. It's also, I think, still one of his best performances. Yeah, I agree. Roger Ebert at the time said that Harrison Ford has never given a better performance in a movie. He and Peter Weir were such a great match. They went on to make Mosquito Coast yeah. after this. But... It was also the first film ever for Vigo Mortensen.
2: Vigo Mortensen, that's right. Small
1: role, but Small he's role. there in the background. Yeah. It's so beautiful though. We're talking about off-camera, we're talking about the music and that scene where they raise the, the it's barn. so beautiful. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, the scene where they raise the barn and the scene that we bumped into this with where they're dancing in the barn to Wonderful yeah. World from Sam Cooke. What I like about that scene, it's it's very playful and he's serenading her and they're dancing and then like they'll they'll just stop and look Chemistry. at each other. The chemistry, like they, they can't they can't resist each other, and yeah. then they'll start dancing again. And the
1: scene where she takes off her bonnet, and puts it down, and goes out to him, Ugh. and then at the end too, because that was very different. Yeah, way to end the movie
2: the, the end of the film called for about 10 pages of dialogue between Kelly McGillis and Harrison Ford and Peter Weir who by the way aussie 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 oy, oy. Oy, oy, oy. Yep. he was making this was his first movie outside of his native Australia and uh, you know when they were filming the end of the film he thought if we have to go through all this dialogue to sum up the film, mm. then we failed. We shouldn't have to say anything. So she comes to the door. She's wearing the bonnet again, and he has his back to her, and he just turns around, and he looks at her. And, and they, they clearly are deeply, madly in love each- mm. with each other. They clearly do not belong in each other's worlds. Yeah. And he just, he, he leaves. And there's no dialogue. It's one of two great scenes in that film for which there's no dialogue. Great scene. My, my, my favorite scene is coming later on, but that scene <sighs> was fantastic.
1: Well, what does uh, Schmoville have to say about Witness?
2: Well, let's find out from Dan Skip Allen. Our good friend Dan Skip Allen who's always writing us. Dan Skip Allen, we love you, brother. Thank you. Harrison Ford has played some of the most iconic characters in Han Solo and Star Wars Indiana Jones, but the best acting performance in his career is in Witness. And we agree he was able to sink his teeth into a meaty role as a detective trying to solve a murder witnessed Witness by a young Amish boy in Philadelphia, Lucas Haas. Ford really showed he had what it took to be a great dramatic actor and Dan yep. Skip Allen, we agree
1: definitely now well let's get into our big picture the big picture our favorite posters
2: favorite harrison ford movie posters three good ones here
1: three good ones once again we've got the pit boss to help us out roll it
0: artist john alvin designed the one sheets for more than 135 movies among his most famous e.t the extraterrestrial and this dystopian one-sheet for 1982's Blade Runner, which beautifully captured the bleak future of Los Angeles in November of 2019. Which, hey, that, that's just five years from now. I, am I an android? Many posters were designed for the second and arguably the best chapter of the Star Wars trilogy. 1980's The Empire Strikes Back. But this one, designed by artist Roger Castell, was the best by far. That Gone with the Wind style dip that Han Solo gives Princess Leia led many Star Wars fans to refer to this one-sheet as Gone with the Empire. And then there's this one-sheet that launched the face of one of the greatest movie heroes of all time, Indiana Jones, in 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, designed by artist Richard Amsell, who also designed one-sheets for Nashville and The
2: Sting.
1: Yeah, some great posters there.
2: Great posters. Well... You know, Harrison Ford has had some great co-stars. And in our segment that we like to call The Player, he's had some great leading ladies. Mm-hmm.
1: They've been by his side, like Karen Allen, Marion Ravenwood in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love her because she is feisty, she's smart, and great introduction to her character where she's going shot for shot. That's great, yeah. guy, yeah.
2: I thought I'd like Karen Allen as Ravenwood because she held her own. She was his equal. And I think to this day karen allen was the best female co-star best leading lady he had because she could hold her own she Mm -hmm. put she gave it right back to him and uh the same could also be said in especially in the second or i should say episode five (laughs) of of star wars the empire strikes back carrie fisher carrie fisher was great
1: princess leia she is bossy but she's the boss
2: she is the boss she's the
1: princess she's tough and uh, often she's the only woman in yeah, the scene. <laughs> she really is. But she holds her own and even when she's captured, I don't really think she's a damsel in distress. She's yeah. very capable.
2: She doesn't get like, oh, no, no, no. You know, she doesn't need to be saved, but she does get saved mm-hmm. and she does some saving herself. Like the last scene in The Empire Strikes Back oh, where yeah. they're going to get Han and though it's too late, she's taking the charge. Yeah. She's not putting up with Lando because he betrayed them in the begin with. But another leading lady that I thought was just fantastic, even though they didn't have any scenes together, mm-hmm. was Glenn close in air force one 1997 yeah. she played the vice president it's a great
1: role C- cool calm collected uh, i love the story that glenn close tells which is that in the script it called for her character to break down and start crying at some point and she said nope my character will never do that. I refuse to do that because then that makes this character a cliche of every woman in a movie. He just breaks down and cries. I love that she took that stand. She also wore her own wig for that because her hair at the time was so short. and It was a last-minute call to do this role, but a great role for her.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at you with the last detail. Well, Jate, right. what do you say we get our, our guest for this afternoon on the show, on profiles, to talk about Harrison Ford?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Fingers are crossed. Fingers are crossed. This is going to be a big surprise for everyone. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to wait and get the thumbs up that our guest is on the phone. Until then, <laughs> you know, he's
1: pushing the button. I just there.
2: have to say that, you know, getting to geek out about Harrison Ford.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
2: pretty awesome. It's pretty
1: awesome. And watching all his movies back-to-back over the weekend was so much fun. You realize that he plays so many different characters. He's, of course, a lot of iconic characters, but he has done a lot of different things.
2: You know, we were talking about Witness, and we were talking off-camera about the music by Maurice Mm Jauré. I mean, that soundtrack is just so beautiful. It is the. I mean, it's very, it's very synthesizer. It wasn't like the typical orchestra, and it was just such a a a beautiful score. And you know, I remember at the time uh, when I was when I got out of school, and I wasn't very happy with what I was doing, and I was just like, my God, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I was watching Witness. It was like on HBO, and uh, among the emotional points that really hit me in the film. Where was the music?
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, while we wait for our guests, why don't we get into our quiz show? Yes. So hit me with some trivia okay. and let's see if I can get it. Because
2: we are so good at oh, trivia here really. on Profiles. Really a okay, Alicia, here you go. Which of the following actors was not, I repeat, not originally considered for the part of Richard Kimball
1: okay. in
2: the the Fugitive. Do it. Was it Sylvester Stallone? Mm-hmm. Was it Kevin Costner? Mm-hmm. Was it Alec Baldwin? Mm-hmm. Or was it Michael Douglas?
1: I say Sylvester Stallone. She wins.
2: Yay. Yay. Way to go. All right.
1: Well, in the early years, Harrison Ford was credited as Harrison J. Ford to avoid confusion with a silent film actor who was called Harrison Ford. What does the J stand for? Is it A, John? B, nothing? C, Jerry? Jack.
2: Oh, I'm going to say nothing.
1: Yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, all right. He made it up. He doesn't actually have a middle name.
2: He doesn't have a middle name. No. You know, because when I was doing my research, I went on like Wikipedia, went on IMDb, yeah. and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. He doesn't have a middle name.
1: Well, let's keep going with let's our keep fast going. three while we wait. Number three, a fast five at number three, I should say, is...
2: Blade Runner.
1: Just imagine that we're doing a quote here. <laughs> here it is. I've Thanks, Jate.
3: Seeing things who oh. people wouldn't
1: believe. Jate back there, he's pushing so many buttons at the same time. I don't know how he manages to hold it all together. But Blade Runner, 1982, a really slick, smart sci fi.
2: This was a groundbreaking, slick, smart sci fi movie. It came out on June 22nd, <laughs> 1982. Are you ready for this? The same month. The same month as Star Trek II The Rathacon, mm-hmm. Poltergeist, E.T. The Extraterrestrial, and The Thing. All these movies, and, and Blade Runner, they all came out in June of 1982. One of the best months ever for the genre. I mean, it's just amazing that all these movies came out the same month. When Blade Runner came out, it was a flop.
1: Yeah, I heard that. It was a commercially a flop, but now in the years that have gone by and all the cuts, the different cuts that they've done. I like Final Cut, which is the uh, Ridley Scott preferred version. Right. It's now become a cult classic, and I just love how beautiful it's shot, the The smoke and the light, the cinematography. And also for Harrison Ford, this was a very understated performance. He plays this film noirish, hard-boiled detective. They call it neo-noir because it's set in a futuristic world, but it has that retro throwback feel.
2: Well, think about Blade Runner when it first came out I mean, I saw it, and I was expecting another action hero along the lines of Indiana Jones and Han Solo, Mm. and that's not what I got, because Rick Decker was so understated.
1: Internal struggle.
2: And I just didn't, I didn't get the movie, I didn't understand it, I thought it was very slow, and I was still a little too young to appreciate just how ahead of a time, ahead of its time it was, Mm -hmm. but when, and I, you know, the voiceover that he recorded.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. I know that Harrison wasn't on board with the narration either, he didn't really enjoy it, and he didn't enjoy shooting the film because... Because Ridley Scott can be tough to work with, plus there was a lot of scenes in the rain, so he was getting soaked all the time. But hopefully now he appreciates it more.
2: Well, this was this was a movie that was a very tough production. It also went way over budget, and it was such a tough shoot that the crew dubbed the film Blood Runner.
1: Oh god.
2: But when I was when I was thirteen and I saw Blade Runner for the first time, I didn't get it. So then ten years later they released the final cut or the the director's cut.
1: Director's cut. That
2: they they lost the VO and also you know when you're when you age 10 years and you're that young mm. it's a big deal i had a much better perspective of film mm-hmm. and i got the movie mm-hmm. but it wasn't until 2007 when they released the final cut the one that you like the best yeah. where i really went okay I get it
1: totally get and it and
2: even here it is 2014 five years away from November of 2019 where the film takes place which is crazy that it's it's just five years away but it's amazing that it still looks like it could have been shot today
1: definitely it
2: still looks like it's ahead of its time mm-hmm. you know when you watch so many other films like Strange Days and Children of Men were very much inspired by Blade Runner mm-hmm. and this was the only film that was based on a Philip k Dick's story that dick actually saw some of the footage to because he died in the beginning on march 2nd 1982 oh wow and ridley scott had actually showed him some footage and he was like excited about it
1: oh that's great
2: but he never lived to see the end of the film
1: i also love the the whole question of whether he's a replicant or not is he? I I don't know. I like the the question more than the answer. I find the conjecture really interesting, and people's opinions on it. I know you have a solid theory.
2: I do have a solid theory, and here it is. <laughs> and the solid theory came of really became more solid when the director's cut came out in 1992, mm-hmm. because with the inclusion of this maybe 15 second scene where rick deckard is sort of daydreaming or sleeping and having a real dream and he's like hunched over his piano it's about 40 minutes into the film and he starts dreaming of a unicorn a unicorn running through the forest so at the end of the film when gav uh played by eddie james almost leaves that origami outside his door it's of a unicorn yeah now how did he know that deckard was dreaming of a unicorn. Unless
1: he knew the implanted he memory. Was, it
2: was an implanted memory. It's too bad she won't live.
1: Interesting. But well, then again,
2: who does? Well,
1: Resika from Schmoville also loves Blade Runner. He said, I know everyone mentions Han or Indy, rightfully so, but I'd like to point out my favorite performance by him is, I think, Rick Deckard in Blade Runner. What better way to make an amazing sci-fi even more amazing than to have an amazing actor lead it? Ford perfectly fit into that role and captured the essence of the classic film noir detective. Based on the fact that he and Ridley Scott didn't always get along behind the scenes, it's incredible to see how good the movie and Ford's performance turned out.
2: Wow. Wow, that is amazing. Now, now we love Harrison Ford. Yes. Okay, we, we really, really do. But just like any actor... There are films of his that are overrated. Yep. There are films that are underrated. Yep. And there are films that are just plain awful. Yes. What is your underrated harrison ford movie
1: well it's really interesting with harrison ford because he has films that are universally loved and everyone enjoys them he has films that are universally hated and a lot of people don't like them and he doesn't have much in between so it's easy to pick an underrated it's easy to pick an awful but not so it's hard to pick an overrated anyway that being said underrated i'm choosing what lies beneath
2: I like What Lies Beneath.
1: Yeah, because it does have a very Hitchcock vibe, who you know is my jam. I love Hitchcock. It starts out very rear window, moves into psycho territory. It's a suburban suspense thriller. Some great scares in there, and I think Harrison Ford is fantastic at playing two sides of a character.
2: Well, I love What Lies Beneath. I think it's a great it's a great tribute that Robert Zemeckis did to Alfred Hitchcock and the movie basically does for bathtubs what <laughs> what showers. Psycho did for showers it's true and it was just great to see Harrison Ford play the baddie it's true and you didn't know that until the end of the film yeah but th- because you did pick uh, What Lies Beneath I'm actually going to go for underrated movie I'm actually going to go with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom
1: yeah it's true you that know, is true.
2: A lot of people diss on Temple of Doom.
1: Yeah, a lot of people like Last Crusade or Raiders.
2: Right, but they don't like Temple of Doom. I think Temple of Doom is it's fun. There's a lot of action. I love the, the humor in the film. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely did get a little dark. It was one of two movies that came out in 1984 that were responsible for the PG-13 rating. Mm. The other one was Gremlins. Yeah. Which was produced by Spielberg. Spielberg. Temple of Doom was directed it by Spielberg. It all comes together. It all comes together. But I love that scene in Club Obi-Wan club obi-wan okay yes. let's let's face it yeah where where Laushe is is this is after after Indiana Jones had the drink and he he holds up this thing and and Indiana Jones says what's that and he goes antidote <laughs> and he goes to what to the poison you just drank Dr. Jones (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's such and then he like gets on the plane and he's like nice try Lao Yeah. and he closes the door it's Laushe air freight Yeah. I mean it's a lot of great humor some
1: great moments in that Uh, overrated so as I said it was hard to pick one I'm going with Sabrina which is not that highly rated because it only has 65% on Rotten Tomatoes but still that is too high because this is an unnecessary remake of a Billy Wilder classic People Should just watch the original I don't get the point of making pretty much a shot by shot remake and I love Harrison Ford, as you know, but Har- Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart, for me, just epitomized that role in particular. So watch the original, don't watch the remake.
2: Uh, yeah, he didn't have any chemistry with Julia Armand What's at your all. What's overrated? Yeah, my overrated is, well, I guess if you're going to call a movie overrated, uh, I mean, regarding Henry, yeah. didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was uh, maybe a little bit of a bid to try and get like another Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. But I thought the movie was just a little sappy and schmaltzy and sentimental. The interesting thing, though, about, about regarding Henry is that it was written by J.J. J. Abrams. Oh, wow. Yeah, not crazy? J.J. J. Abrams before he became J.J. J. J. Abrams. And yes. now they're working
1: together with Star Wars.
2: That is crazy.
1: Okay, easy to pick an awful. I'm going with Six Days, Seven Nights.
2: Oh, not not a good movie.
1: Not a good movie. Why, Him, why not? And Anne Hesch had absolutely no romantic chemistry at all. I didn't believe them as a romantic couple. I believe them all when the characters hated each other at the beginning. (laughs) I think it's really poorly written and bad jokes, and Harrison looks like he did not want to be there.
2: Yeah, yeah. He probably also didn't want to be in the movie Firewall either. Oh, God. Yeah, that movie wasn't so hot. And I got to tell you... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah. Not great. Not great.
1: We got some answers from Schmovell. Cole Boone said Harrison Ford in 42, The Jackie Robinson Story, is underrated, in my opinion. People seem to just put that movie to the side, seeing it as another sports film, but you really have to acknowledge just how good Harrison Ford was as Branch Rickey. He was a driving force in the film, and I feel it is the best acting we've seen from Mr. Ford in years. Yes,
2: he was really good in 42. I thought I liked that movie a lot, and I thought he was great in it jason smith says awful firewall paranoia (laughs) and hollywood homicide they were definitely on my list hey when you've had such a long and fruitful career as harrison ford you're bound to have one or two bad apples in the bunch totally agree i I like that
1: cathel thomas coleman pointed out that kingdom of the crystal skull actually has a critics rating of 78 percent on rotten tomatoes which is grossly overrated we can all agree on that well we are
2: very very excited to have on the phone with us right now the actor who made what we think and what everyone else agrees to is one of harrison ford's very very best films please welcome john reese davies who played sala in raiders of the lost ark and indiana jones and the last crusade john thank you so much for joining me and alicia malone uh, my name is Scott Mance. Thanks for joining us on Profiles today.
3: Stop, Alicia. Hello. <gasps> Hi. I have to, I have to tell you it's about twenty minutes to twelve here in England.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: It Thanks has been for a beautiful up. day down here in Cornwall, and I'm staying with friends and having a wonderful time. <laughs> well,
2: thank <laughs> awesome. you so so much for joining us. It really, is an honor to have you uh, join us on our show. Our show, Profiles. We, this is a movie. Uh, 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 we love movies and we love talking about movies. And, uh, well, you know, why don't you take it with the first question, Elish?
1: Well, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is widely regarded as one of the greatest action adventures and and greatest movies of all time. Yeah. What is your take on its appeal and why people still love it so much?
3: Well, I think actually there is a formula for making money in movies, and that is to give the audience... $100 A hundred dollars worth of entertainment for their twenty-five dollars or whatever it is now, of, of 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 cost at the box office, and that investment is actually the imaginative investment. And Raiders of the Lost Ark just heaps uh, a bomb bush of 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 images and jokes and. Uh, and and suggestions at you, in an with a sort of luxury that only a great and uh, creative genius can, can make. And yeah. you know this this great film is really uh, you know Stephen and and Harrison's and and Lawrence Kasdan's uh, and George Lucas's. Um, most wonderful achievement in some ways and, and 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 there are dozens of others of course but but there is just there is just that wonderful thing when creative people just don't have one idea and...
1: did
2: we lose him? did we lose him?
1: I think we might have I'll oh him darn. Back. Okay. Well we'll try to
2: keep getting we'll him back. Getting him back. Uh, but let's just move on to What's uh, your right stuff? My right stuff. My favorite Harrison Ford scene. We already talked about this movie, but the scene that I love the most is Witness. Mm-hmm. And I could have gone through so many different scenes here, but the reason I like Witness, you know, we talked about the last scene, how it is there's no words. But the scene that I like the most is at the police station when L- Lucas Haas, Samuel, is just sort of like walking around. He's like checking stuff out. Harrison Ford's character, John Book, is on the phone. He's totally distracted. And when uh, when Samuel looks into a glass case and he sees yeah. the picture of Danny Glover... Well, we're back. <laughs> we're back with John Reese davies Okay, we are on the fly. John, I was going to ask you, um, you know, well, tell us about your first meeting with Steven Spielberg and, and how how he saw the character of Sala and how you further developed it to make Sala such a dedicated and loyal friend to Indiana Jones.
3: I, I had done Shogun and... Um... And Stephen had seen it. And I I got an Emmy nomination for show then, actually. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I think it's probably the only time. No, maybe i got another one. I can't remember (laughs) Um, um, what. But um, I went and saw him. And uh, uh, my my agent had given me the script. And I said, look, um, this chap is five foot one. I am six foot one. He's a skinny fellow. And I'm well I'm not a skinny fellow <laughs> what um, how is this going to work and um, and he said oh forget what's in there what I want is the a, a combination of that character that you played in Shogun with all that zest and and and, and, uh, and exuberance and false stuff and um, so I said oh Right. <laughs> uh, and, and, I, and I find myself, you know, sitting on a dockside with, uh, with Stephen about a few months later, and he's typing, and I look over his shoulder and say, what are you doing? And he said, I'm writing the scene. The scene, by the way, is the last scene in the film. And oh. in, my script, in my script, it said, Indian Marion, say a sorrowful goodbye to Salat. And I looked over at what he was doing and said, Well, he wouldn't say that, would he? He would say something more like, blah, 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 blah. And he looked at me with that that look that rather established directors give to young actors who are trying to tell them what to do and said, All right, blah, 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 blah. And, and, uh, he said right there it is we'll be shooting about half an hour as soon as it gets uh they've set the cameras up oh by the way your character when he's high or happy he bursts into gilbert and sullivan <laughs> uh in, in, incorporate cool. that at the end of the scene will you and uh i drew myself up to my full six foot one and said well, this is what I was going to say. I was going to say, Mr. Spielberg, I am a classical actor. I need <laughs> weeks and weeks to prepare. So I, I opened my mouth and I said, all right. <laughs> 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 it, it, was, it It was wonderful because he had a great creative freedom. Mm. And, 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 but he got us together right at the beginning and he said, look, I've gone to 70, 80 takes on some of the stuff I've been doing. Whoa. When I say cut print, you know, people have said, well, what's the difference between that and take four? And, um, and I know the difference, and clearly they can't. But this time it's my friend's money, so I'm going to shoot very fast, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to try and print the first or second takes. We'll sometimes print mistakes, but what I'm hoping we're going to do is get a freshness and an immediacy that will carry through the film, mm. and uh, and and by and large he did that, wow. and um, and that's wonderful. And there is that sense of the painter slapping the paint on the canvas, working while it's still is still wet, you know, and then uh, and and then moving on.
1: Yeah. Well, but I'm. The, the, Sorry, I was just the going to witches. say I'm interested in hearing also your impressions of Harrison Ford. And, and did that change throughout the shoot as well?
3: Um, Harrison was at that point in his career, he'd done solo, he'd yep. done one or two other things. But this, he knew, was his breakout time. This time he wasn't going to be playing second fiddle in, in Star Wars. Or something. Mm. This was a Harrison Ford film he knew what he wanted to do and he drove it possibly a little bit ruthlessly to be honest with you uh, right uh, right from the word go but he made he the character he owned that character before uh, you know before any scene that i did with him started and uh and the function of the supporting actor is, is, is to do that, is to make things look good for the hero. And, and if you do that well enough, of course you do yourself no disservice either. And, and uh, over the years, I have come to really admire Harrison. I, I you know, he's a star first yeah. and then an actor um but he has become a bloody marvelous actor yeah, yeah
2: he sure has and,
3: yeah when, I, you know I, I, he's just he's 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 remarkable and he's yeah. one of the one of the great and genuine stars of his generation no mm. no
2: question about it you know when, when Raiders of the Lost Ark was released on June 12th 1981 how rewarding was it to see it just take off and become such a such a phenomenon it was the highest grossing movie of 1981
3: well, uh, it was astonishing. I mean, it it, um, it 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 was it was astonishing. I was walking down. I was walking in New York, and this guy came up to me. He actually, he was about eighty yards ahead of me, and he advanced towards me with his wy- eye, arms, wide open. John Reese Davis. John Reese Davis. Baby. <laughs> And I thought, oh, God, he knows me. I I guess I must have met him. I can't remember who the (laughs) hell this is. It turned out he was a cinema projectionist, and Uh he had screened Raiders of the Lost Ark then about 185 times. Oh, boy. He knew every every line I had said, and he said every line that I had said. And what was even more embarrassing, he actually said it better than I had done
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing your memories. Thank we you really so much, John. He's we really done. appreciate
2: your time. And just all the best to you. And Godspeed, my friend. Thank you.
1: Thank you so all
3: much. Right. And I, I, I just want to send my good wishes on to Harrison uh, yes. and to all his friends and fans. He's a, he's a great guy and a great actor. And it has been an honor and delight to work with him and to watch him grow as an artist over the years. He is pretty much a damn giant, really.
2: Yes, definitely. Well thank you again. <laughs> thank and you, you so are true. thank you so much. Have a great, great day bless you all bless Good you night. too thank oh, you
1: that's so nice i love hearing from people who've worked with the people we're talking about Because yeah, it's it really just great gives us more insight into their character now we've only got two more films left in our fast five and we don't have much time left to do them but luckily they are really popular so we, we can <laughs> rush through them quickly so fast five number two is yeah the empire strikes back Episode 5,
2: 1980. 1980, that would be May 21st. Way to go. Hey, you're catching all the dates. I'm loving it. But now, why did we pick The Empire Strikes Back over Star Wars?
1: Well, um, The the Empire Strikes Back over Indiana Jones because Empire... Oh, over Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. So, uh, Empire Strikes Back was when Han Solo as a character got more depth. Right. He was introduced in episode four, but he stole the show in episode five. It Correct. is kind of supposed to be Luke's story, but he steals the show and steals the girl. And rewatching all these Harrison films, it was so much fun to see him be light and charismatic. And his character, Han Solo, the, uh, what is it, scruffy looking nerf herder. Yes. <laughs> I love that line. Who's
2: scruffy looking? <laughs> He's
1: scruffy looking. He is so likable. He has so much personality and it's easy to see when you watch this film, which I think think works in isolation or as part of a a franchise it's a great sequel in that respect you can really see how this character has inspired so many
2: and also i mean you're right the character has a lot more depth but what i love about this film more than just the fact that it's darker that the special effects are great that the characters are more fully realized was the banter between han and leia it really has that yeah i love you i know it's got that classic his girl friday screwball comedy screwball comedy the empire strikes back not just the best star wars movie by far yeah. one of the greatest movies of all time but coming in at number one on our fast five of course today it had to be Woo! yes of course And
1: this is what i was gonna say we chose raiders of the lost ark as our favorite harrison ford movie because unlike star wars where he was part of an ensemble as John said, this was his film. As right. Indiana Jones, he had to carry the series and he did it so well. He brought his sarcastic charm and his wit to this character. And like you said earlier, I mean, this character especially men wanted to be and ladies wanted to be with. And for the
2: moment you see, you see Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he steps out of the shadow oh. and it's just takes one step towards the camera and it's that close up on his face with the scruff and the fedora. So good. You cannot imagine anyone else playing him. The first 15 minutes of that movie with him stealing the idol running away from the boulder set the tone for the whole film we talked a lot about this movie on our first episode of profiles yeah, on steven which spielberg you
1: should listen to if you haven't already
2: but just yes and and by yeah. the way on that note make sure you subscribe to schmoes on youtube and please go this is really really important please go to itunes rate and review us on itunes profiles. we have a lot of of directors and actors and actresses we yeah. want to get to in the coming and weeks. And it really
1: helps when we're getting guests on. The more ratings and reviews and more we can show them that we're rising up the charts, the better guests we can get on. And, and, and we just love talking to people.
2: And let's see, who is going to be our spotlight on the next episode of Profiles, Alicia?
1: Let's hear it. Yo yeah, yes! It's got to be Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. I'm so excited about this one. I cannot wait to marathon all Tarantino movies. I hope you guys join us as well. Just quickly before we go, let's recap our top five Harrison Ford movies. They were number five, The, the Fugitive, number, number four, four Witness, Witness. Number, number three, Blade,
2: Blade Runner, Runner. Number, number two, The Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back, and number one, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Yes! They're going to kick us out of the studio, so we have to say, till next time, Schmoville. See ya. See ya
0: later. From the Schmoes No Network from producers studios, Christian Harlow, Mark door. Ellis, and the entire Schmoes No Network crew, we would like to thank you for listening to Profiles with Alicia Malone and Scott Mans. Special thanks to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Madunos, the author of Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, in stores now. Be sure to subscribe to Profiles on iTunes and rate and review the show. To get other Schmoes No Network episodes, movie news, and join the conversation, be sure to visit schmoesno.com. I'm the Pit Boss and this has been a presentation of the Schmoes No Network.